0: Hello friends, and welcome to Brotherly Love Gaming, the show where two brothers talk through the past, present, and future of our lives in gaming. My name is Alex, and joining me, as always, is my brother Spence. What's up, guys? So first off, we want to say uh, hello to anybody on the YouTube side who may be joining us for the first time. Uh, we posted a Jack and Daxter Collector's Edition unboxing last week that proved to be way more popular than either of us expected it to be, uh, and a couple of people subscribed after watching that video, so welcome. Uh, This is one of our more discussion style videos, so we hope that you check it out and stick around. Um, Second note of the day is we're gonna be talking a lot about E3 this episode. The whole thing is gonna be discussion about the press conferences, the games that we saw that we liked, things that we're interested in in the future. but one major caveat is that, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to throw any footage of the games that we're talking about on top of this because there's been a really major problem this week with people getting their videos taken down for trying to share that stuff. And we're already a smaller channel fighting for views. We can't really afford to have our stuff taken down, you know, uh, willy-nilly but, like uh, that. Yeah, so yeah. it's just going to be straight talk. Um, but you know, everything is really super out there. And maybe we'll try to link to like the major press conferences in the description if you want to be uh right over look at those as well. So starting off, we'll just give our general impressions of how we felt about the week. Spence, would you like to start off with your feelings about this year's E3?
1: Uh yeah. So there were a lot of games that I got really hyped for. Mm-hmm. So me and you were obviously texting pretty much every time there was like a major press conference oh, yeah. and you know, I probably sent you a dozen texts blowing up your phone, like all caps, like, Oh my God, this is crazy. This is so cool. Right. Um, I mean, honestly, I think the, the square press conference and the Nintendo direct were my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft, Same. Microsoft was really good as well. That one was the first one I watched and it was really entertaining. Um, but yeah, I think the Nintendo and Square press conferences kind of blew... Well, I guess the Nintendo Direct, but those kind of blew everything out of the water for me. Right. I thought those were great.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Those two were, were my tops as well. I almost don't even want to bother ranking them because they're like so close in my mind for different reasons. The uh, The Microsoft one actually really impressed me because I was super into it, even though I don't even own an Xbox. And I was really yeah. into the fact that they announced the... I guess we'll go into more detail when we get to that one, but they announced the Game Pass for coming to PC, which I have since put on my computer. Uh, and that they hinted at some console stuff. You know, it was a good press conference for them. You know, I think they really needed that um, this year, especially because the big thing was that Sony didn't even show up this year at all. And going into it, no one was really sure what to expect because of that. And I think you can sort of see that a little bit. You know, some of the seams of that showed because smaller publishers didn't necessarily have as many places to show off their games as they would have. You know, I think that might be another reason why Microsoft did so well was because and, and Nintendo too, both of their conferences were just packed with third-party games in a way that they might not have normally been because Sony wasn't there, you know? Like like the the Nintendo Direct got to announce the that Nino Kuni, the original one, was getting ported to the Switch but that game's also getting a PS4 remaster. And you think that that's the kind of thing Sony might've announced if they had had a press conference, you know? So I think that Microsoft and Nintendo benefited in ways that maybe, maybe Sony hadn't anticipated, you know? Uh, I do also think that we saw a little bit of maybe the reason why Sony skipped. you know, so many people were speculating it's because they were like they don't have as much to show this year. They're saving all their big stuff for next year when they're going to be gearing up for a new generation. And I think to some extent we saw a little bit of that with some games feeling like they're not coming out for a while. You know, like Bethesda's conference, they didn't talk about um, was it Starfield? Is that the name of the game? And the next Elder Scrolls because they're going to be next gen games. You know.
1: Yeah, the next Elder Scrolls wasn't
0: right. You know, so so things like that that didn't really you know you think that there'd be more huge game announcements coming it felt a little bit like that stuff might be being saved for the next generation except for of course Nintendo which cleared out the press conferences by being like no we we're just going to talk about every big thing we have because you know they're on their own cycle basically they're not waiting for the next generation they're already in their next generation in a sense you know so I think that really benefited them
1: yes for sure and i think the switch is going to be around for a long time like Mm -hmm. i think they really need like we've talked we've talked about the switch so many times but you know i think that it'd be very stupid of them to to move on very quickly when when this console in specific like there's still people you know going out and buying switches like you know i can't tell you how many times like both of my like two of my friends just recently got switches in the past six months right I've seen at least five to 10 people on social media that I follow that I'm friends with, or that I'm acquaintances with that have gotten switches recently. So it's like, there's still a huge lifespan for that Mm -hmm. console, which is super awesome to me. And that, that, like you said, it benefited them because they're like, no, we've got to wait for all the big news. Like we got everything that we have is going right to Twitch, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. They were able to, to, you know, deliver on, promised games, and also tee up some really huge stuff for the future, which we'll get to, because they don't, they're like, you know, we don't, we don't got to wait until next year to talk about, you know, what our next big game is going to be. So I think maybe we should just dive right in and talk about, you know, each press conference kind of in order, um, depending on how much we have to say about each one of them. So starting off with Microsoft, um, what do you, what do you feel like you want to hit on first here? What was the big stuff that jumped out of that for you?
1: Halo Infinite.
0: Halo Infinite. Okay.
1: Oh my god, yes. Um well, I mean, the, there's two there's two major major things that that really were kind of the the highlight of their press conference. The mm-hmm. new console, or next-gen console and Halo Infinite. Um now, I as much as I want to say Gears of War, I was very disappointed by Gears of War. Um I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one yet. Right. Um before I go on to any highlights, because um, there were quite a few, uh, what do you what do you think about Project Scarlet now that they gave it a name?
0: Yes, I, I have mixed feelings because you know we've you and I have said this before, um, or I, I guess I've I talked with you about this before. You know, my feeling is the thing is a year and a half away. At this point, I think that most of what they're talking about is you know plans and intentions, and uh, but we're going to have to wait until next E3 even to find out, you know, what is the thing actually going to be able to deliver on, you know, I had the same skepticism when, when Sony did their, you know, closed door PS five demos when they were showing off to people about how, you know, Spider-Man can render New York city so much faster on the PS five because it uses a solid state drive and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, that's great, but let's, Let's see what it's gonna be able to do when we're closer to having the, the thing in our hands, you know. For uh, sure. somebody had said, I forget, like, I think it might have been Game Informer maybe. They had said that apparently, I should have like gone back and like watched this, that like the video they showed for like the Scarlet was sort of beat for beat, like the exact same video, just with new, you know, people and new lines that they did when they were announcing the one X. So they basically sort of did the same kind of like selling points talking about, you know, hardware and how fast it's going to be and stuff like that, you know? Right. So hey, 8K and 120 FPS sounds great. Let's see it.
1: 120 FPS is, is a big upgrade from 60, let me tell you. Because... Uh, as I've talked to you about before, like I used to play League of Legends on like, uh, well, first it was a, a laptop which only ran 30 frames per second, mm-hmm. and then I got the computer that I have now. It only ran 60 frames, and then I upgraded my graphics card, and now I can run it at 120. And it's it's just a huge difference. Like whether you believe it or not, it, it's it's a lot smoother. Right. But the one thing that I wanted to to kind of talk about and why I paired Halo Infinite with um, Project Scarlet is because in a previous video you and me had talked about uh or i don't even know was it in a video or were we just talking but the um the switch and their the kind of release uh, mm, and having yeah. to have those big titles like breath of the wild and, and mario odyssey being guaranteed within the year of the switch right. coming out right you know they just announced project scarlet and said yo halo infinites come with this you know
0: right like, it's gonna be out when it's when it launches Yeah,
1: yeah. So that's that's super cool to me um i think that definitely set them up for success as far as like marketing um that halo infinite trailer was absolutely insane uh i've seen both spectrums but me and my friends are all really diehard halo fans and especially one of them and he is just he has not shut up about it since that trailer <laughs> right me and him actually we were in Discord and we were watching it together the press conference when halo came on and all i heard him he was he started screaming and he's like oh my god but um i'm excited for that game a lot it looks really good um i don't know about you i know that you used to play halo but this one i'm, I'm really hoping it succeeds and kind of right. brings halo back to its glory because Halo four and five are not
2: so uh, not so hot.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, I like to see some more of it. You know, it looks cool, looks very pretty, and if you're into like the tone of Halo, it looks like they're definitely, you know, back in that same sandbox. Um. I don't want to be like harsh on it or sound unexcited about it just because like there are other trailers later that did the exact same thing you know but for a franchise that i like so i don't want to i don't want to sound that's like fair. i'm negative about it you know it's just like I, like you said i haven't really followed the series for the last couple of installments so it's hard for me to be super excited about it but like you said i do think it is the right move for microsoft to do saying hey day 1 when this console launches you're going to be able to pick up the new halo with it you know that's definitely yeah. that's definitely the right move for them you know no matter what else they decide to launch with it they definitely are doing right by doing that you know they know what their fan base is about
2: yeah
1: a couple other highlights as far as my book goes mm-hmm. cyberpunk cyberpunk um like I, I guess it's not really like their their showing in that press conference was super right. cool um that trailer was amazing and then you know out of nowhere keanu reeves is in the game and then he comes out on and that's already getting neat, like across right. the internet it's everywhere um but I thought that was really cool, and uh, he handled like all the hagglers that were yelling at him really well. He was like, "You're breathtaking."
2: Yeah. But,
1: um, I'm really excited for that game now. Honestly, like I, it was kind of under my radar. Like I, had, I had known about it and I didn't really care, and now I'm kind of like, this, "This looks cool." I'd like to see some gameplay, but it does mm-hmm. look cool. Um. Then there was Outer Worlds, I believe. Like like you right. and I had talked about, it kind of looks like they're trying to compete with Borderlands Three. Um, that's the kind of um, perspective I have on it.
0: Okay. And I feel then, like it's kind of somewhere in between, like a Borderlands and a Fallout.
1: Yeah, that's what. Kind yeah, of yeah that's what I mean. Um, and then we got Gears of War Five, which. I'm not I'm a huge fan of Gears, like as I, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned that before. Like I've mm-hmm. played all of the gears. Uh it it seems to me like it's going downhill. And this one I was very annoyed with because now there's like character abilities and uh uh just like I forget what it was called, what mode they they released, it just looks so meh.
0: Right. With uh that one got terminator dlc as well right that's what they're trying to sell it with
1: yeah my f- my friends thought it was cool but i was just like why the why do we need terminator in in gears like that's just dumb to me right is that
0: and it's not even relevant that-, that had terminator dlc which i think is just kind of weird. Like, it's just
1: not relevant it's just not relevant like yeah you're fighting a swarm not an army of robots you know like it's just weird but Overall, like their their whole press conference was really good in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. they had some really cool things. They they highlighted Game Pass really well. Um they announced their ultimate game pass so that way you get gold game pass on Xbox and then Game Pass on PC, which I thought was cool. Right. Uh did I get yeah. cut off?
0: Yeah, I lost your video for a second there.
1: Yeah, because I'm getting called.
0: Okay. I'll Sorry. keep I'll keep chatting. I
1: mean, I'm gonna I am going to i got a message. I'm gonna message Person like just called me on Discord.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I'll talk about Game Pass as well because, uh, like I mentioned, I uh, got the version for PC because again, I did not have an Xbox. But it had some stuff that I was interested in, in playing. You know, like I have. I actually made a list of every game, but I don't have it up right now. They have like Hollow Knight was was immediately available, and I'm like, okay, for a dollar, you know, I'll play some Hollow Knight. Um, War Wargroove is on there, Into the Breach is on there, and where I think go? Um, and those are like indie games that I'm into, but then they also have bigger games like Metro Exodus is on there, um, Borderlands 1, maybe all the Borderlands games are on there. Um, you know, they seem to have made like a solid effort to get games onto the service immediately, and they've also promised that new games they're going to come to it as they release, you know, which I think is pretty cool, especially again for someone like me that doesn't have an Xbox but has a computer that can run some games but not all games and you know, not enough games for me to really ever try to invest in keeping up with technology, you know. But for just a couple of bucks at a time, I can play some of these games that you know I am interested in, but. want to pull the trigger on for the whole game you know what i mean
1: yeah um so
0: that was cool that 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 they did that that it was available immediately i got it
2: there were
1: i don't remember what they what they were but there were four games that they announced that released that day on game pass i can't i'm
2: drawing a blank
1: but well not new games but they were they were available to download right away like as of that press conference i forget what they were um but they it looked like a a solid setup of games which was cool
0: mm-hmm. yeah but and i also showed some I'm... other games that are coming to it like i can fell i think that's how you pronounce this coming to it which is like an indie rpg that i've been following for a while uh, it was like a Kickstarter, right. i think it was a kickstarter uh like indie rpg that apparently is coming out sooner rather than later because they talked about it on here and said it's coming to game pass and that's pretty cool I still have Game Pass at that time, then I'll be able to just play it immediately.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what's awesome about Game Pass is just, like, they're, they're continuously updating the library. Like, I had told you mm-hmm. about it, like, Monster Hunter World and, and all these other things that I started playing. Um, All super cool, you know? Like, it, I just think it's really a good idea that they keep updating that library, keep adding games so that way, you know, it keeps the, the people who are subscribed, you know, interested in staying subscribed, right. which is really good, really good in my opinion.
0: Right. Well, I also think it's good because, like, I mentioned to you that I also picked up um, Sony's PlayStation Now this last week because I had, like, a, I had a code. And I felt sort of like as if Sony kind of didn't even want me to have it in a weird way because, like, it's not really easy to find on the PlayStation store. It's definitely not easy to find if you're on your PlayStation, you know, if you want to go to it and sign up for it compared to like PlayStation Plus, which is very prominently shown everywhere for you to sign up for it, you know? And like, yeah, it's a streaming thing, which a lot of people don't necessarily like immediately, but you can download every PS2 and PS4 game that's on the service. So the only ones you have to stream are, PS4, are the PS3 games, you know? And they have like 700 games on this thing you know, like more than I probably will be able to get more than I would want to play in the full year subscription, you know, and they, and they do add stuff to it continuously, you know, and there were a couple of games that they, like, I looked at getting this a couple months ago and didn't do it. And between then and now they've added a couple of games that like would have enticed me to actually get it, but they just didn't seem to tell anybody, you know? So and when you were telling me about Game Pass originally, I was like, "Oh, I think Sony has something similar, but again, like they don't they don't really advertise it well. They don't seem to want people to have it. And I don't really get compared to how aggressive Microsoft is being about it, you know." Oh,
1: dude, Game Pass is all over the home page of Xbox, yeah. you know? Like it's it's when you go to the home screen, uh it's very different to the PS4 obviously, but it's you get like um uh free with gold you get like what's going on in the community mm-hmm. and then it's like game pass sign up now or like this is what's new and it's it's really it, they want you to be involved with it because right. you know even even if it is like a money thing for them a lot of the people that do work for for microsoft and you know are a part of that are like we just want people to be able to play games they want
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: so it, it makes it very accessible because like there, there are plenty of games that I wanted to play that were on game pass that I, I would never have gone out and just bought just to play it, You know, it's like, Oh, well, I kind of want to play it, but I don't want to spend 60 bucks on it. Right. Um, or even like $20 like with rocket league. I, I play rocket league a lot on my Xbox, but I would have never spent $20 on it.
0: Right. So, well, that's my case with like some of the games that I mentioned just now, like uh, like war groove and into the breach, you know, to these, sort of big strategy games just sort of picking on the, on those for a minute they're available on switch and i really want them on switch but they're both like 20 dollars games and i'm like uh do i really want it right now you know what i mean but they're in that sort of weird space where it's, it's like it's not cheap enough to just be like whatever who cares it's ten dollars or less but they're not you know like big enough you know franchise or or interesting new ip that i really want to get invested in for me to want to spend the money on it you know but when i can throw down one dollar or five dollars and i can try those games in addition to trying all these other games now i'm like i'm gonna like literally i'm this is probably what i'm gonna end up doing i'm gonna try those games and if i like them i will end up buying them for my switch because that's the console i prefer you know but right. like it's a win-win for xbox and and Microsoft because, I'm paying them basically to be able to try out games that I want on a different platform, you know, so everybody wins. And even in the case of me trying to do something like that with Sony and their PS now service, I just feel like they didn't really want me to have it. You know, I don't, and I don't know if they're, if they're just going to be trying something different in the future, you know, but it feels like they really, because they even have a windows app that you can use to stream those same games to your laptop i haven't tried it yet i don't know how it runs maybe it's garbage but i didn't find that out until like one of my games was loading i was trying to load up i think it was Mega Man 9 and just on the loading screen it was like get the windows app and stream this game to your pc and i'm like why wouldn't you have told me that when i signed up that that was an option you know i don't i don't know why they have this service that they seem to not care about You know, yeah, marketing and they're not explaining it, they're not running promotions on it. I mean, they have, like I said, they had a promotion this week for it, you know, but
1: I didn't even know it was a thing until you told me about it. So
0: I had for why because I had heard about it and forgotten about it until you mentioned that Game Pass was a thing. And I was like, I think that Sony has a version of this, you know, and it's just, it's just different. I mean, some, some of the games are even the same games you can get on Game Pass, you know, but they're just, they just don't want you to have it, I guess. So, Basically, moral of the story is, since we're trying to talk about E3 and the Game Pass thing, is that Microsoft is doing a very good job getting Game <laughs> Pass out there into people's hands in ways that actually matters. And so we yes. need to learn a thing from him. Um, closing thoughts on Microsoft. They well done. Off, well done. They also showed off a little bit more of the Dragon Ball Z RPG, which is officially called Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Yes, I forgot uh, about
2: that. Yes, that looks so that good. That looks
0: cool. Um, what else is the other thing? Uh, the new From Software game with George R.R. Martin somehow involved called Elden Ring was also officially announced. Uh, cool I concept trailer. Some of that, and I'm gonna, that it looks cool. Yeah, I'm going to need to see more of it, though, to know exactly what. I mean, like, I am interested because of the people involved, but I don't know what the game is yet. So, uh, was, the other thing-
1: um, was Blood Edge or something in the Microsoft bleeding, one as bleeding well? Bleeding
0: Edge, the Ninja Theory? Bleeding yeah. Edge. Yeah.
1: I think so, yeah. That yeah. looked good as well. I like that one too.
0: Yeah.
1: They showed off a lot of it. It looked pretty cool.
0: Yeah, if you're into that type of type of game. Um, and then one other thing, maybe this probably isn't the last one for Microsoft. Um, I, I, said it, I texted you at the beginning of the conference when Phil Spencer came out um, and he was wearing a Psychonauts shirt. And I was like, he's wearing a Psychonauts shirt. Psychonauts 2 is going to be brought up. And then it turned out that not only was Psychonauts 2 going to be brought up, but they actually bought Double Fine, the studio, making Psychonauts 2, uh, which is cool, weird. Um, I'm still not totally sure how I feel about it. I know that, you know... As long as their games are going to come to Game Pass PC, I guess it's fine. But um, Psychonauts Two, at least, is still going to release on the P- on the PS4, where I wanted to play it originally, so that'll be fine for me. Um, Double Fine makes cool games, so as long as Microsoft keeps letting them make cool games, you know, I'll still be showing up for them. Uh, but well, I feel like um... going to be multi platform for the meantime, so we'll see what happens. All right.
1: I feel like what's his name that was leading the the second presentation was like he he sounded like yeah he said he was super excited and he also said like that he, I think he said this that he had like a lot more freedom
2: now mm-hmm. as
1: far as what he's doing which is super cool because that means they can continue to do those kind of cool and wonky games you know
0: right yeah and hopefully that happens because like Double Fine has got a really fascinating history you know like his Tim Schaefer was originally at Lucas Arts he was the designer of. Um, I, I don't want to misspeak here. I think he did one of the Monkey Island games, I think is where he started. But then he did like Full Throttle and Grim Fandango and then broke off from them and made his own studio where he did the first Psychonauts. And then some other things since then. But like in the last couple of years, they've been an indie studio that has had to kickstart some of their games. Like they kickstarted Broken Age, um, I Psychonauts 2 might have started as a Kickstarter, I'm not 100% sure, but then they've had like a lot of trouble with, I think Starberries was the name of the publisher that was supposed to publish Psychonauts 2. They went bankrupt earlier this year. Psychonauts 2 was sort of in this weird state where Tim Schafer was saying, we'll still get it out because people want it, we'll figure something out. You know, so they've got a just really crazy history. And when he says something like, you know, I'm excited that I don't have to Travel all around the world and convince people to give me money anymore, you know. Like that to me is like coming from. Sounds like he's being sincere and as if he really honestly believes this is the right solution and we're going to be able to continue making the games we want to make, you know. So yeah, so Good that could that. be that could be cool. That could be cool. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be all for Microsoft.
1: I agree, because honestly, I don't do nothing other. Like I don't have any other thoughts. Like I wish Dragon Ball Kakarot had a little bit more to it, but you know we'll yeah. get more in the future.
0: Yeah, I mean generally that's my feeling about a lot of this stuff was that I wish there was just a little bit more, you know, that there were some more gameplay features of some of these trailers and things, you know, but um, overall it was a good show. It was a fun show. Yes. Um now compare that to Bethesda, which was my least favorite experience of the whole thing and we'll probably breeze <laughs> through this. Rel- We're
1: going to gloss. We're going <laughs> to gloss. So it was the only good part about that whole presentation was the Ghostwire um, mm-hmm. presenter, the woman that was presenting that she was very kind hearted mm-hmm. entertaining. She, she was very excited about the game and made me interested in the game just by listening to her talk. So right. um, that was the only standout thing that I could remember other than do maternal. Cause they, They really just slammed on Doom Eternal most of it from what I remember watching. And then those are the only two memorable things.
0: Yeah, so that was... um, Her name's uh, Akumi Nakamura Mm -hmm. from Tango Gameworks, the uh, studio um, run by Shinji Mikami, the creator of Resident Evil. And um, yeah, I mean, her game looks creepy and interesting if you're into that kind of game. I'm not typically into that kind of game, but she definitely... (laughs) like made me interested in it because like i said just interesting person to see on stage <laughs> and especially yeah. at a press conference that i was not enjoying you know yeah so yeah i mean there was their whole thing was weird you know they started off sort of with todd howard doing this sort of half-baked apology not apology for fall of 76 being such a disaster but then also saying like thank you to the players who stuck with us you know which is like a weird connotation of him saying thank you to everybody who still paid for this game somehow you know, and then they introduced a battle royale mode, which I honestly don't know who that's for. And said that they're they're bringing NPCs to a Fallout game. Well, wild thought you can put NPCs in a Fallout game. And then just mobile game after mobile game, <laughs> just like I just like, don't understand
1: now. why. Like a lot of these games are just like my game sucks. Let me just put the battle royale band aid on top, and now it's great. Yeah. Like. It no, that's not how it works. First of all, Battle Royale is already super oversaturated. I've talked I've ranted about this in previous yes. videos. <laughs> I'm bit, over them. I'm over
2: them.
1: <laughs> I, I'm over them at this point. The only game that I was excited for that was Battle Royale was Apex Legends. I've already died off of that like long ago. Wow. And they are coming out with season two, so I might pick it up again for that, but that's about it. Like there's no other reason that I want to see another Battle Royale ever again just just stop at least for a while until you can come up with an original idea right you know um other than that it's you know i agree with everything you said i i thought bethesda just wasn't entertaining Mm -hmm. doom eternal looked good but i i don't know i'm not a huge fan of doom i I don't even think i've ever
0: played one of them Mm -hmm. um
1: and but but ghostwire that was the highlight for me you know like
0: so definitely one interesting thing coming out um
1: that's it that's all our thoughts on bethesda because we don't want to bash on them all the whole time you know right and it did seem
0: like the uh the also they also mentioned some new stuff for elder scrolls online which i talked to people that play that game and are really into it good for them you know but rest of bethesda is not really anything to
1: just give us just give us about. another the next elder scrolls game i don't care about elder scrolls online
0: yeah when well, they had even coming into the press to the press conference it almost makes you wonder why they bothered to have one at all you know if it was just going to be like half of it Doom. apology for seven fall 76 and then a bunch of mobile games and then doom eternal you know um if they had said from the outset like they said before the thing even happened we're not showing elder scrolls we're not showing starfield you Know, don't ask about it, so yeah. yeah. And the next Wolfenstein game's coming out in like a month, and that looks pretty cool. But I haven't played any of the Wolfenstein games, so
1: I that one did uh, it's called Young Blood, right? Yeah, that that I will give them credit for because that one I mean, there's a lot of Wolfenstein fans out there. I've never played one, I have access to one through I think Game Pass, I think there's one on there,
2: but, yeah. Um, on there.
1: so I might. Play that one just to try it out, but other than that, I've never really gotten into Wolfenstein. Right. So, you know, if you're into it, good for you. That I mean, it does look cool. So right, and also uh, that's the thing we already that. knew
0: was coming. You know, same with, with you. Yeah. we already we already knew it was coming. You know, they showed off some new stuff, um, which hyped you up if you're for it. But anyway, let's move on. I don't want to keep talking about it. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to make yeah. a uh, before we get to Ubisoft, I want to make a slight detour into limited run games, which is something that I'm just going to talk about for a minute here. Cause I know you're not really following them.
1: I get, I get their Twitch notifications all the time from our Twitch channel. But oh, yeah. that's
0: about it. <laughs> Cause I subbed to them on that one.
1: It's on my, it's on my phone all the time. It's like limited run, limited run games is live. And I'm like, Jesus, man.
0: So live streams are pretty good. Pretty good. Check it out. Um, they stream every day at five, every weekday at five. Um, yeah. So they had a press conference this year as well which is like a pre-recorded thing that they did um kind of like a sort of funny thing but so limited run games if you don't know their whole thing is that they publish physical versions of digital only games and they have since tweaked that mission a little bit to re- release like new versions of like older games so that's where the jack and dexter collector's edition came from you know so it was inspired by the PS2 original. You know, there is a digital version of Jack and Dexter on the PS4. So they're like, hey, let's make a physical version of this so that fans of the original series can have that. And they had their own press conference where they announced like 50-ish games. And I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, you can check it out on their on their website, games.com, for the whole list. But the cool thing that I want to talk about is how they somehow miraculously managed to make a deal with LucasArts and Disney, actually. They've explicitly said Disney had to get in on this deal to publish a bunch of LucasArts games, republish, I guess, technically, a bunch of LucasArts, LucasArts games, collector's editions. So, like Star Wars Bounty Hunter, which is a very popular PS2 game, is going to get a PS4 release, the one that I'm very excited for. Star Wars Episode One Racer, they are going to reprint an n64 cartridge with the game on it and a special edition box set of some kind is going to come along with it they're going to do release it for switch um i mean that would be very brave but we'll see what happens Uh, (laughs) uh, they're also doing like a new nes version of the original star wars game you know the jedi knight games are getting brand new pc releases you know they've also said the monkey island games are going to get special edition pc releases so that's the kind of thing like Like, if you had told me the day before, hey, this is what they're going to announce, I would have been like, bullshit, no way. (laughs) And I'm sitting there like, I'm not even interested in most of these games, you know what I mean? Like, I played actually some of, because Bounty Hunter is the first one that's coming out on, I don't know, next week, two weeks from now. And I actually, like, played some of that game yesterday to see, like, you know, do I still like this game? Do I want to get that? And, like, unless, unless the PS4 version has drastically changed some things, like, I don't think it's a good game anymore. It's just way too outdated. And I don't want to have that you know, necessarily on my shelf, but like I will 100% be picking up the N64 racer set, you know, depending on what it has because that yeah. was a game that we played the hell out of as kids, you know?
1: Oh yeah. 100%. So, <laughs> so
0: that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, the other thing that they're doing is they have, I think like 11 or 12 PS Vita games coming out bef- between now and the end of the year. They're to my knowledge, the only, North American publishers still releasing Vita games right now uh, because production of Vita cartridges ended at the end of last year or earlier this year, something like that. So if you are interested in Vita games and still want to pick some up, they're kind of the only place that you can get them. So go check them out. And that's really all i got to say about that. Limited run games. Cool. All right. Ubisoft. This was not a bad disclaimer. What's that?
1: Disclaimer. I didn't watch this one.
0: Okay, you didn't miss much.
1: I don't, I don't, yeah, you told me that I didn't miss much. And that basically all you told me was that they released a Ubisoft subscription service to play their games, but it's Um,
0: not. I'd actually forgotten about that. a huge deal for me. (laughs) I had forgotten about that one. Where even is the details on that one? Yeah. Yeah. So, Uplay Plus it's $15 a month. You get access to a library of 100 Ubisoft games. Um, It's launching on September 3rd. So, I mean, I'd like to see what the 100 games are. You know, I don't think with Game it's Pass...
1: like Assassin's Creed and stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't think I like any Ubisoft game enough to do that personally. Excuse me, if you're into, you know, their Tom Clancy universe, basically, if you're into the Assassin's Creed games, maybe it's worth it for you. But um, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game since the first one. But yeah, I mean, so compared to Bethesda... Ubisoft's conference wasn't bad. Like it wasn't like they announced anything really disappointing or frustrating or anything like that. It was just very specifically tailored towards, you know, their sort of already established Ubisoft audience. If you're a fan of Watch Dogs, and maybe this would have been bigger if Watch Dogs Legion hadn't leaked like the week beforehand. So Watch Dogs Legion was like the biggest part of their show where they really got into some details on that. They and props to them, they actually discussed like gameplay stuff in it it wasn't just cinematic trailer after trailer which was you know very uncommon compared to everybody else they talked about the new rainbow six game they talked about the next ghost recon game which they announced a couple weeks ago officially you know adventure time characters are coming to brawlhalla that's pretty cool for us we can maybe play yeah (laughs) that's cool there's a there's a new like, quest creation mode in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I still want to actually play that one, because I've heard it's really good. And yeah, that's
1: about the only one that I want. That I have interest in playing. Right.
0: Yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, they they showed a trailer for this game called Gods and Monsters, which is made by the Assassin's Creed Odyssey team, that pretty much everybody is saying, like, kind of looks and feels like a Breath of the Wild kind of game. The trailer that they showed, though, is only like, cinematic concept trailer you know so again like i'm not really super into that kind of stuff show me what the game is going to play like otherwise i'm not into it yet you know so i think it's cool i will amend say a little bit there i think it's cool that they're making that kind of game that ubisoft is letting that team make a smaller kind of game you know it's only been a year. Not even a year since Odyssey came out, you know, and they're already making like this other side game. So it's cool that that exists at all, but I'd like to see what it is. Yeah. So
1: that's all I have. I don't, yeah. In general, you, I don't really care about, like, I, I stopped caring about Assassin's Creed after three. So, yeah, like, I've I heard the last two were really Black, Black Flag. Yeah. That's but also very different
0: there, from previous Assassin's Creeds, though they made it more. I mean, Odyssey is just a straight up RPG, from what I from what I understand. It's like The Witcher Three, basically, but it's a, it has Assassin's Creed. So. Right. Yeah, if you're into it, you're into it, and you probably don't need me got, to talk about it. But we got some. We got much somewhere.
1: more. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. We got some bigger stuff to talk about. More big fish to fry.
0: Yeah, let's bring out the big guns. Square Enix. So, let's start off by saying, last year. Now, I don't necessarily remember everybody else's press conferences, but I remember being incredibly disappointed in Square Enix's presentation. So, in terms of most improved press conference, I would I would give Square Enix that award because I think this one from start to finish was really just well presented, first of all. The sort of aesthetic and the way they moved between things, I thought was really good. It kept you hooked and was entertaining. And then the announcements they made the quality of the announcements they made i thought was excellent so definitely an improvement over last year and just a good time all around what do you want to talk about now, first
1: <laughs> well i have th- i only have three things okay because because i'm i'm not as into dragon quest and stuff as you are or is that not is that Dra- dragon, dragon quest um what was that That other game? There was another game. I, anyways, um, the Final Fantasy VII remake, obviously. That needs to be the first thing because that's the first thing they it's showed.
0: the first thing they showed. Yeah.
1: And I, we were texting and I was like, how in the hell are they going to one-up Final Fantasy VII? This whole conference, I was sitting here like, dude, they, they just started with this. How are they going to one-up this? Because it looks incredible. They mm-hmm. gave us a lot of gameplay, like a full boss battle.
0: Right. They talked it, about it the was, gameplay too, not even just showed you. They explained what yeah, was happening. Exactly.
1: You know? exactly. They showed it, explained it. They talked about um, tactical mode. They talked about the ATB charges. They mm-hmm. talked about real-time uh, switching characters. Um, they, they talked about how the game's going to be presented. Um, the only downside that I saw in that whole thing was how much the, uh, this Uber collection costs, whatever yeah. it was called.
0: The first uh, class edition.
1: First class editions cost like three hundred
0: thirty dollars. Three hundred
1: thirty dollars U.S. Too, too much. Too to much. I'll tell you much. what I actually um, I actually
0: figured out like where that money come like where that price comes from. It's literally important. the deluxe edition, the eighty dollar deluxe edition, with a two hundred and fifty dollar cloud on a motorcycle figure tacked onto it. You know, to my knowledge, you cannot buy and probably won't be able to buy that figure separately. But they've literally just valued that at two hundred fifty dollars and included it with the deluxe edition. There's no extra stuff you get with it besides that, so right. I know it's people that have, that bought it. You know who you are. You're nuts. <laughs>
1: um, so other than that, I mean that was super cool. Um, I'm really impressed with how it looks. Um, I know that you had some qualms about how they're releasing it. But, mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to talk too much about Final Fantasy VII because I could talk about that for forever. You know, um. The other cool thing that I saw in that press conference, uh, the Final Fantasy VIII
2: remaster,
0: maybe the biggest surprise,
1: yeah. Um, which I didn't expect either. Um, which is cool for me because I never got to play eight and I only got to watch you play seven. So Mm -hmm. being able to maybe have access to either of them is going to be really cool for me. Um, and then I don't remember much in between because I, other than Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC, but we're, I think we should make a whole other video about that because for those of you who have watched our previous videos, we dove really deep into the lore and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of information within just that trailer that I think we want to sit down and talk
2: about. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And then then I kind of blocked everything out because then. Like at the very beginning, there was Final Fantasy VII, and at the very end, there was Marvel. And right. I've expressed how excited I am for that game, and now I'm super excited. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank in the middle. So if you want to talk about whatever you are most excited for, your thoughts, et cetera, um, mm-hmm. feel free, and I can chime in on, on those games that I may have forgotten
2: about.
0: Okay. So, yeah. So I can rattle off like the some of the cool stuff. So they, they mentioned uh, that they're doing. I thought this was a collection of hers, but it's not. So they're they're finally releasing U.S. versions of two saga games. Saga is like a spinoff of the Final Fantasy series. Um, oh,
1: didn't or, they release a Trials of Mana thing too?
0: Yeah, well, that was the Nintendo, um, oh. which that was something that well, I mentioned that I had mentioned to you that had been rumored and that Square didn't announce. And I was like, hmm, that's kind of weird. Uh, but then Nintendo announced it. So yeah, so Saga is created by a series by the guy who did Final Fantasy two and started off as, in the U.S. anyway, that we got the first three Saga games as the Final Fantasy Legends series on Game Boy. Uh, But there's a lot more of those. So Romancing Saga 3 is coming to the U.S. finally, and Saga Scarlet Grace is also coming. They're like two different generations of games. Um, So like the Romancing Saga 3 was originally a uh, Super Nintendo game. So it's getting like an you know, upgraded port, and then Saga Scarlet Grace is the newest game in the series. So then you're also getting like the newest thing. So that's pretty cool. Um, they had a little bit of an update on Oninaki, which is the next game from Tokyo RPG Factory, the people that made I Am Setsuna and Lost Sphere. Mm, that studio, people have very mixed feelings about. You know, I haven't really played either of those games. This one, to me, looks kind of that- like more of the same.
1: Isn't that the one about like the spirits? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember saying that that, that game looked cool. Yeah. Um, it looks neat. The, the previous, wherever the, Oh, that was in a direct day announced that a while ago. Right.
0: Yeah. I think Nintendo originally announced that one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's where I remember seeing it, but right. I thought that game looked cool. I don't know what they, I must've missed that. I, I don't know if I was paying attention. Oh, I think it was when it was probably when my, um my stream froze.
0: It uh, might've been. Because then, because you had said, that you, I think that that was right around when they also did the Crystal Chronicles remastered stuff, you yep. know, said you had missed that, which that was the thing that I've made probably multiple comments on here before and other places saying that I bet they're not going to say anything about it. And they didn't, <laughs> they showed a very short trailer and said coming in 2019 and it also said that's coming to mobile phones, which whatever, doesn't matter to me. So they moved it from... It was announced almost a year ago at this point. Last September they announced it. Said it was coming in winter. Then it was 2019. Now it's winter 2019 again. So I just want to play the thing. We wanted to play it internet co-op. Let me do it. Uh, They also shadow dropped uh, the last Remnant remastered on Switch, which came out for Mm -hmm. PS4 last year uh, as a remaster of a 360 game originally. I never played it. I know people, of it. I know people that really like it. I also know some people that say it's not really good unless you're super into JRPGs. So just keep that in mind, I guess. And yeah, like you said, uh final fantasy eight being remastered huge surprise to me because they've sort of told us over and over again <laughs> that they're never going to do that one. And everybody speculated that they had just lost the source code to it and couldn't actually remaster it. So Um, If you actually look up, so just looking at the trailer, it's kind of hard to envision what exactly they are remastering. So I would advise you to look up some comparison screenshots because it is a very significant upgrade. They're using, it looks more like a PS2 game at this point. You know, they use like Squall's model almost looks like Squall from like Dissidia or from like, you know, Kingdom Hearts. Selfie looks like Selfie from Kingdom Hearts basically. You know, is like the quality of upgrade that they've done. So just watching the trailer, I know a couple of people were like, what do they do? It doesn't look, you know, it kind of looks like you remember it looked, but it looks like garbage. If you go look at the actual game nowadays, you know, um, I uh. think that I think eight kind of really suffered the most. I think that seven still holds up in a way because of its very strange, blocky art style. And I think that nine still looks good today because they had figured out by then how to do it but eight is in this weird space where they're trying to do like proportional human models. And it, it looks kind of, it just looks really bad today, I think. So I'm really happy that they're doing a remastered version so that people can pick it up and not think that it looks like junk. Um, and then yeah, let's talk a little bit about final fantasy seven. We can dive in with my impressions as well. Uh, I similarly was just like giddy the whole time <laughs> that they started with that. I thought that was so cool and really really excited for it just so happy that that they didn't just go make it a straight up action game you know as much as i would love to play you know cloud kingdom hearts basically i like that they have invented this new system that allows you to give a little bit more of that turn-based flair
1: do you remember what i said about it
0: well no i'm not sure
1: I said, "This is what Final Fantasy 13 should have been."
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, well, and I had because... made Good. I had made a similar comment that was um, that it was like if the way the way that you can like pause the world basically to make decisions is how Final Fantasy 12's system works, but the major difference is that you don't like control every command your characters do, so you set up like these scripts basically that they that they run where when they see a an enemy they just automatically start attacking it until you tell them to do something different so it's like that if you just controlled your normal attacks too is sort of what it looked like to me which i think is cool because it means to me that they sort of figured out you know a more kinetic way to do that kind of system which i think is really cool um from some impressions that i've heard of people that have actually played it at e3 apparently there is an option if you want to just like turn that stuff off and just play it as Cloud Kingdom Hearts. You can actually do that, which I think is kind of interesting because of how in the show they said that your normal attacks don't do very much damage. So I'm kind of interested to see how the game balances, you know, you being able to not necessarily use all your abilities, or if they give you other ways to use your abilities. That's pretty interesting to me. So we'll see what that pans out to be as they do more demos and stuff like that. You know. Um, and there was a lot of confusion around how exactly they're going to be releasing the game, like you mentioned. So we'll talk about this briefly. For starters, Spence, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to play the game when it first comes out because it's going to be exclusive to the PlayStation 4. So unless someone out there wants to buy Spence uh, PS4 for Christmas this year, he's going to have to wait. <laughs> I'm sure you'll just Please, come visit me. Play. No,
2: 100%.
0: and 100%. You know, I mean, let's be real. By then you'll be able to probably pick up a, a, you know, base model PS4 for really cheap, but just, or just do what other people do. Just go to GameStop, rent it for a week, beat the game and then return it. Um, (laughs) Not that I condone that. Anyway, so it's going to be time exclusive on PS4 for some unknown amount of time. And it is also absolutely going to be at least two games. Now, the sort of confusion is that Yoshinori Katase during the his opening speech about the game said that it's going to cover two Blu-ray discs of content and then said that this first game will focus on Midgar. So as far as I know, no one's actually gotten like a clear read on this. If he meant that it's going to be two Blu-rays on just the first game you're going to get is two discs worth of stuff. Or if he was trying to allude to the fact that they're, you know, or if if that was just him saying it's going to be more than one game, you know? Um, He's since has been asked, do you know how many games it's going to be? And he wouldn't commit to an answer saying that they're working on game number two now as they're finishing up game number one. And they're not 100% sure if it's going to be just two games, three games, four games even, you know? So that could get really out of hand really fast. You know, you can imagine the world where it's four games and you don't play game four until 10 years from now, you know, which would be insane. But you gotta also hope that the development of those games gets faster as they go along, because of the fact that they're working with the same engine, you know, that they're working with tools they know, with assets they've already created. You know, you don't have to rebuild the cloud every time. It's kind of the same thing happened with like the Final Fantasy 13 trilogy where infamously Final Fantasy 13 had a really rocky development cycle. You know, they had to restart it a bunch of times. It was supposed to be a PS2 game originally. And they finally released it. And then after that, were able to turn around two sequels in a comparatively short amount of time because they knew what they were doing at that point. You know, they knew what they were working with. They knew what their tools were. They knew what the character models were, what the art of that world was like. You know, so you would hope that get something similar here and after this first game is built the whole way you don't have to wait the entire cycle again before the next couple come out you know
2: yeah
1: i agree
0: so that's another thing we're just gonna have to wait and see what else they say about it and of course what the final game ends up feeling like because i can imagine a game where just midgar could be fun you know where they really build out that world and they really let you spend time with Avalanche and if Midgar is like explorable that could be really cool you know maybe they shift around some plot elements so you can explore some more character backstory a little bit you know what I mean?
1: Well there was that sweet bike fight
0: in the yeah, trailer which,
1: to her, like in there.
0: Which in Final Fantasy 7 originally that sequence is you leaving Midgar you know which I can't imagine they're showing you something from the end of the game. Also, I think um, in the trailer, I think that they showed Jessie on the bike with Cloud, which does not happen in Final Fantasy VII. She's not in that scene, you know? So they've definitely at least added new sequences like that, you know, not even addressing the fact that like that boss fight they showed off in the trailer, you know, was like, takes you a minute in the original game, you know? But it's like a much longer fight in this new one. So we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. We'll see what it ends up being um, when it's done. You know, it almost feels like they're taking this opportunity to be like, hey, what what did we really want to do 20 years ago? You know, what would we have done if given these tools? You know, and, and as much as there's a part of me that's just like, Final Fantasy VII was one game, guys. Make it one game. There's also the part of me that's just like, yeah, but what would you really want to do? Just like blue sky, man. What do you want to make this thing? You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see. There's, I mean, there's also just admitting to myself the kind of gamer and fan that I am. There's no universe in which, even if they release ten installments, you know, there's no version of me that's not going to pick up at least the first one on launch day, you know, and play that thing. So, <laughs> just being honest with myself. Um, yeah. That's where my hype level is for Final Fantasy VII the remake march 3rd 2020 um i have not actually pre-ordered it yet but i will at some point soon
1: yeah i gotta find out. hopefully they announce like when there's gonna be another release because i'm probably not gonna buy a ps4 just (laughs) to buy that game i mean i i'm very very tempted because that's like one of the the most hype games like there is like i'm i've been excited for that since they announced it um so I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll probably see like Revisited if we know more. Months. <laughs> yeah, you know, if we know by you know February, January that it's coming out like whenever, uh, like maybe a relatively soon time on a different console, like you know either Xbox or, I doubt it'll come to Switch honestly with how good those graphics look. I don't know yeah, so if will be
0: able to handle that.
2: Um, well, they're putting so The Witcher Three
0: on the Switch somehow. Uh, we can talk about next. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, see. no, but I would actually be really surprised if oh they lost you again. I'd actually be really yeah, surprised. No, they keep if, calling me. If they announced when it's coming to other platforms, you know, usually when you have these sort of time exclusivity deals, they don't want to announce that because they want everybody to pick it up on the original console first. You know, so they want people to buy PS4s just to play Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> Yeah, you know. So, hey, I bought I bought a, a PS4 to play Final Fantasy 15, even though that's actually on three uh, on Xbox One as well. So, yeah. So that's Square Enix, who is one of my favorite developers publishers, and I am happy that they seem to be getting themselves back. Oh, to- you think we're
1: done talking about this?
0: They had a rough couple of years.
1: You oh, I we're forgot we're about Avengers, about- didn't I? Dude, <laughs> the sorry. second most hyped part of that whole conference for me, and you're just trying to no.
0: Well, you were typing, and looks. I had to fill in the space.
1: Yeah, sorry. It, these these guys keep calling my phone, and it keeps cutting me off of here. So I told well, talk them about Avengers, Discord, I don't have as much
0: to say about Avengers as you do. So,
1: dude, it looks incredible. I'm uh-huh. um, I'm interested to see like what what really kind of, the only downside that i saw was how the the voice actors didn't like they seemed excited but at the same time they didn't really seem like they knew what they were talking about like right they didn't seem like as comic book nerdy um they didn't seem to like some of them didn't seem to fit the part as much as some of like either the mcus or um even like in the Marvel versus Capcom games, like how the voice fits. Like, I don't know if you know this, but the Marvel versus Capcom, finite game, like Tony Stark sounds exactly like Robert Downey Jr. And
2: it's not. pretty good.
1: Um, Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited for it. The, it's an original story. Um, It has, I think what, five characters right to, right from the get go. It's Cap, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk and Black Widow um there were a lot of memes about people saying they weren't gonna buy it if hawkeye wasn't in it and they they kept Mm -hmm. yelling at the uh developers on stage like where's Bucky
0: dlc when (laughs)
1: yeah bucky and hawkeye i'm I'm sure there will be it because you know the way that the mcu has evolved the whole marvel span you know there's so many characters now that people know about and want Mm -hmm. compared to you know 10 years ago when you were playing or I don't even know. It was probably like what, 15 years ago when Marvel Ultimate Alliance came out. No one really gave a damn about Hawkeye back then, you know. So it's like right. you're gonna get Hawkeye. You're gonna get. Um, you're probably gonna get like Doctor Strange and um, like Spider-Man and stuff like that. Just just to incorporate all that. Right. And what I had said to you is that with all the free DLC that they're doing, they could branch off after they do this original story. They could branch off into any comic. Storyline they want to and do a DLC based off of that storyline, which is super cool,
2: right? Yeah,
1: I'm excited for it. It looks really cool. The story seems really cool. Um, I don't know what else to say about it, but the gameplay looks like a lot of fun. Um, and I'm just really interested to see where it goes.
0: They should a little bit. There's like that's what, like, my one major gripe. There's like two shots that look like it's an over the shoulder third person action camera of like the Hulk jumping and, and smashing some stuff on the golden gate bridge. And then uh, one other character doing something similar, you know, but, but other than those two moments, like there's, there wasn't really too much that really screamed gameplay to me, you know, it was mostly just, right. you know, cinematic stuff. Um, so right. like, I'm interested in uh, like the fact that it exists and Crystal Dynamics is obviously a very talented developer and that they're trying something different, you know. Um, personally, I need to see more to be convinced to get the thing, you know. Not that not that they need to compete, but if I'm going to be like, I'm only going to buy one Marvel game in the next year, like I'm gonna just going to pick up Ultimate Alliance because I know what that looks like and it looks cartoony and fun, you know. This one looks like they were trying to go a little bit for the MCU but couldn't quite, like, get MCU exactly because obviously the MCU has its own thing, so. All right. Um, also <laughs> i just when uh when they first introduced iron man i was like okay yeah like the voices are, are pretty decent and then like as the trailer went on i was just like that's just nolan north isn't it and then it was nolan north and then when they had the scene that they showed of him talking to i guess it was talking to bruce banner um, yeah. I, and then i i'm sure he did the mocap for it too um, i was just like this just looks like nathan drake talking to bruce banner in this scene to me so it was a little jarring but <laughs> um i'm interested obviously not as hyped as you are but definitely um i will be following it to see what they do with it you wait
1: know? nolan north was was the voice of nathan drake
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: hilarious because he's playing something in marvel and now an mcu actor is playing nathan drake in yeah um in the movie yeah that's hilarious
0: everything everything is circle
1: flipped upside down a lot of
0: a lot of things you know like i can't yeah say anything bad about the guy you know because he's he's done just so much uh all
1: right this is let's let's move on because i feel like we could talk about square edicts for a long long time
0: yeah well like i said my my favorite developers and they're back back on their game so absolutely Um, all right so let's talk about what we've alluded to before about Nintendo came out swinging, saying, oh, you're saving all your stuff? You're saving your big announcements?
1: We're coming out hot, yeah. Um, I don't want to dive like too, too deep because there's just so, so much that we might have to make some other videos about specific games um, mm-hmm. just because they, they announced a ton of stuff right and right. and with the with the nintendo treehouse they gave a lot of gameplay with everything the so, <laughs> yeah so there there was a lot of stuff that we might have to you know just kind of generally
0: cover we can do then... like since we talked before about pokemon and and like the new mechanics like we could do an entire thing talking about like the new stuff they showed off in the treehouse demo Cause there's like some crazy stuff that like we didn't even get, you and I haven't even talked about privately that they showed off in the demo that I'm just like, what? Like, this is crazy. What are you doing? So yeah, there's just, yeah. So let's just, I guess, go through it um, as
1: highlights for
0: you because we can. So uh, I feel like I'm the only one who's really excited that the dragon quest hero is coming to smash. (laughs)
1: No, that trailer um, was so cool. I was a really, and I was like,
2: really cool trailer. I was
1: like, yo, that was awesome. Like, Dark Marth and, and Meta Knight are just beating out a of Link. And then it's like, when all hope seems lost, awesome, it's like, oh characters. no, what's going to do? And the hero yeah. just comes in and
0: pop. Because I thought it was, I mean, it's cool enough that they opened with Smash in the first place. You know, and then yeah. the trailers are really good. And so the hero had been rumored for a while, but nobody was really sure how they were going to do it. Some people thought they were just going to do Erdrick, who is... One of the costumes for the hero, um, but he's like one specific iteration of just generically the hero in all Dragon Quest games, and so it looks like you can be the one that they the main one that they show okay. off lost again. The main one that they show off no, in the trailer no. is the hero from Dragon Quest 11, also known as the Luminary. So at first, I was just like, oh, they're gonna do the Luminary, but then they just called him the hero, and then later in the trailer, they show the hero from all Dragon of Quest them. 8, and then Dragon Quest 4, and then Airdrick from Dragon Quest 3. And definitely at least those four are going to be like actual costumes for the character. And then, but there's like, I guess during, is this, if it's the Final Smash, maybe they show sort of like similar to Joker's Final Smash, where it's like the, what's it called, the all-out attack, where like his buddies from persona 5 coming to the fight. Um there's there was like shots of just like a whole bunch of Dragon Quest heroes showing up to to fight at the end. Um, so I thought that was just really cool. I'm excited to play as them and just change it up and also I don't really know how the mechanics work but he's got some unique mechanics compared to everybody else as well. You know, seems like it's sort of a unique take on Like um, Shulk's, you know, system of choosing different buffs. He
1: looked a Um, lot like Robin, a mix of Robin and Link to me.
0: Yeah, actually, like the like way Robin selects his his stuff. Yeah. Um, So, back is coming this summer, which is cool because it's summer now. Um, So, (laughs) any day now, please. Uh, I imagine it's probably gonna be more like August, basically at this point, because um, Dragon Quest Eleven Switch. Is coming in September. What was that? September 27th, I think. Yeah. Um, which I guess I'll just talk about briefly for now because um, I've said before I'm a little I'm a little annoyed by it because we just got the PS4 version last year and there are they like almost immediately announced the Switch version was coming and the Switch version has a whole bunch of extra stuff in it. You know, there's new features, there's like new quality of life features, there's new like mechanics, and there's also new story content for like your supporting characters. Right. So I kind of just stopped playing Dragon Quest XI when I heard about that, that they're adding new story, because I'm like, if this stuff isn't coming to the PS4 version, I'm just going to pick up, you know, the Switch version on Black Friday or something when it's probably cheaper, you know, and then just play through that one. Um. Which seems to be a recurring theme these days. Ahem, uh-huh, ahem. Uh-huh, Dragon Final Fantasy Twelve Zodiac Age. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so that's that's my hype Dragon Quest news.
1: What I thought was really cool is that they started the presentation with Smash and then ended it with Smash. Right. That was the funniest trailer I think I've ever seen in my life. Because like the depiction, I was just like, why are King K. Rool, DK, and Diddy Kong just chilling in this treehouse, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, they go up to the window, and it looks like Banjo and Kazooie, and then it's like ah, it's Duck Hunt just trolling you. And then Ben and they're all like, "What? Like why?" And then Banjo slams down on Duck Hunt, and then they're all like, "Yeah!" yeah. And I was like, "That's all of that's all of us." Like we're all yeah. like,
2: "Oh my god, yes, Banjo and Kazooie." Yeah.
1: He looks really fun to play. Like yeah. really he good, looks good, really too. strong.
0: Like the design, is yeah. Really
1: like good. really, sh- yeah. It looks really strong. The character design looks really good. Um, The abilities look crazy good. It it just all looks awesome, and I'm really hyped for that. I don't think any of I don't know if any of us saw it coming. I don't know if you did or not. Um, Um, there were like rumors. Like I had. There's been rumors, and he's
0: he's been like the most requested character. You know. Yeah. For a while. For years.
1: Yeah, for years. You know, so it's like it's really exciting to finally see that. Um, And then there were. I mean, I know that they started and ended with well, not technically ended, but there's something after that that we'll we'll talk about. Um, but just to highlight a few of the other things, I'm not gonna dive too deep into them because we had already seen gameplay of it. But mm-hmm. Damon X Machina looks super cool again. Right. Uh, Astral Chain got what looks to be like actual gameplay in in the trailer now, mm-hmm. which I it looks really another fun really cool really Treehouse
0: demo. If you're interested.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to watch it, which I'm going to probably watch it because I want to see how that game plays, and because I'm really interested in it. Luigi's Mansion Three. Um, that that game looks. I've never played Luigi's Mansion for just Same. a disclaimer. Um, I've always been interested, but never did. Um, it looks super fun. It. I think it, they said what eight player co op or something like that. Yep. It was eight-player co-op. Um, as far as like just doing specific challenges, there's two-player co-op for actual story with Guili, I think they yeah. called it. Yeah, Guigi, yep. which I thought was like a really cool idea.
0: Yeah, I, I originally um, thought that was like as like a multiplayer type of thing, and it is. But also, you. It's a single-player play function that you have to use as well. Yeah, which is yeah. which is neat. You know.
1: Yeah, it renders Luigi. Useless if it's single player, but if it's co op, then you know you can you know, move around while everybody does their own mm-hmm. thing, which I think is cool. Um, those are just like my kind of highlights. I mean, Dragon have, Borders, you, uh, have you come around? around on, too. Uh,
0: have you come around on Link's Awakening at all? I know you yeah, that's really like...
1: like that trailer looks pretty cool,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I think so. I think I'm gonna pick it up. I don't know. It's, and the uh, i still
0: so on. For it. I already pre ordered the amiibo and uh, have been trying to get my hands on the special edition um, but of like the actual game, but haven't been able to get a pre order lockdown yet. I'm so like still fingers.
1: on the fence, but then like at the end, because like, like I said, I never played the original, I have no idea what the original like is about, nothing, mm-hmm. none of that. At the end. I don't know if this is like actually true or not, it, but it looked like Dragon Rest Island from Wind Waker to me. I, I'm assuming it's not because Drake Link's Waking came way before that, mm-hmm. but it looked a lot like that. And I was really curious, like, oh, what's what's in the egg at the top of the thing? So I'm like, eh, I guess I might play it to find out.
0: Right. Yeah. And so, it also introduced this really cool thing that's like a dungeon builder mode. Yeah. That you yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. With Dompit. Yeah, which is, which I think that's really cool. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I just really, really like 2D Zelda. You know, like I've said before, that Link Between Worlds is probably tied with Breath of the Wild as my favorite Zelda game. You know, um, just because I really like the way they feel and and how you can run around and stuff like that. So I'm really excited for this one. I, I at first was like not totally sold on the aesthetic, but now that I've seen more of it, I'm like, yes, this is great. Link is adorable. He looks very brave. (laughs) And I got that amiibo. And it's gonna be a good time. September 20th for that one.
1: I'm only shaking my head at the fact that you put Breath of the Wild in your top two, but (sighs) it's
2: a good game. Good game. Good
1: game, horrible ending. I've already said that. That's my opinion. I mean everybody's entitled to their opinion, but uh, I don't even put Breath of the Wild in my top five.
0: Let's address let's address that then. Let's just jump to that. That's, that's what I was going to
1: talk about.
0: Because um, I wanted to so. talk, I wanted to talk about one other thing, but we'll we'll wrap back around to that. Um, so I had actually heard that when they so uh, at E3, what they what they'll do for like press is they'll screen like bits of like Nintendo will just show them the whole direct beforehand, so they know here's what is going to be announced, here's what you can be writing about, be prepared for this, here's what's going to be in your appointments, blah 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 blah. But apparently what they did for this was that they didn't show the Breath of the Wild thing at the end. They cut the video right after, I forget who it is that comes out, if it's the president of Nintendo or who it was. After they come out after the Banjo trailer and they're like, so what do you think? We hope you liked our games. We have more to announce in the future. And it just cuts. But in the actual direct, he goes, we have one more thing. And then they play a trailer for a sequel to Breath of the Wild. Which, this is why I said before that I didn't want to like bag on the Halo Infinite trailer because like this is the exact same kind of thing where it's just like, you know, this is a, so, this is a trailer for a game that you really want.
2: So, I
1: remember, I was already, I'm kind of a Breath of the Wild hater when it comes to that, but because I just don't think it's. To me, that game's not hard. You can you can beat it very fast. It, they, there's a lot of things that I don't like about it, but it's still a good game, right? So like all the way up until the final boss and the final cutscenes, I think it's great. I'm more excited for the sequel than I am than I was the original game after like I beat it because I was right. like after after I beat it, I was like I don't I don't care like get this out of my sight like I was really annoyed with the way it ended and then now it looks like ganondorf has a true humanoid mm-hmm. form again which looks freaking right.
0: awesome everybody's speculating yeah that it looks right super
1: good um it, it's gotta be dude it's literally identical to to like his character mm-hmm. model etc that or it's well actually i don't know if i can say that you never beat skyward sword did you
0: uh no what i know i know about demise
1: okay he he does look like the the final that character looks like the Mm -hmm. final boss in Scarlet sword as well um the only what i was saying to i was talking to my buddy the other night he was like oh yeah i saw this trailer like i've never played legend of zelda but it looks pretty like really cool um i was like honestly like if they were going to do anything with breath of the wild i was kind of hoping they would have done a prequel about why Link ended up in the the healing chamber. Like, but that's in the
0: game. That story. You didn't do that stuff.
1: No, it is. I know, but I want to play through it. I don't want to just mm. want to just see it. I want right. to be able to play it. Um, but I am curious to see like now that in Breath of the Wild, you know, obviously with every legend of all the game you beat Ganon, or in this case, it's Calamity Ganon. Um. So I'm interested to see, like, why he's down there, what that means, if that truly was, like, like was that humanoid form controlling that, and it was just, like, a small portion of his power, and that's why, right. you know, he was able to be held back by Zelda for so long, or, or what, you know, like, I right. think that'd be a really cool take on it. And I'm also interested to see how Zelda is incorporated in the game now that she's not stuck in Hyrule Castle holding him in the whole time, right? Because in the trailer, it showed them side by side in a lot of the scenes.
2: So, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, and people have pointed out, like, you know, pretty much everybody wants you to be able to play as Zelda at some point, you know, in the game, especially this one. Like this iteration of Zelda may be my favorite version of Zelda, and they point out that she's wearing like what looks like armor and might even have a weapon on her at one point you know the trailer focuses primarily on her doing things in this cavern you know link's kind of just like chilling in the background you know so i don't want to get my hopes up because every time i get my hopes up i'm disappointed with this you know but i think that that could be we might
1: have zelda as a main character
0: yeah even it's just like you know i don't necessarily need to play the entire game as her you know, that would be, that. I mean, I wouldn't say no to that. That'd be amazing, you know, but I'll take the compromise of a couple of sections of the game. You get to play a Zelda, you know, whatever, you know, I'll settle. Um, yeah. I'm I interested agree. to see. I think that'd be really cool. I'm interested to see how they expand on that world because, you know, so much about the appeal of breath of the wild of the whole game is just exploring and living in that world and just, you know, being a part of it and doing what you want to do and you know we've done that now at this point so how do you make that fresh again you know how do you not just do that but one more time kind of a thing you know i mean even though but, like yeah me like i do still pick up breath of the wild and just start a new safe file and just do something new you know what i mean but for an entirely new game you got to go just one step more so there's some interesting things in the trailer. The castle seems to rise up out of the ground at the end of it. You know, so maybe the landscape gets changed somehow. That can be interesting, kind of like maybe a, a dark world kind of a thing, you know, from previous Zeldas. And right. I also would like to see how does you know Ganondorf play into all this, as obviously we know before he became Clamon again at some point. You know in the timeline, we knew him as Ganondorf multiple times. So, how does he incorporate into that now? You know, just the fact that it exists at all, like officially, is I think maybe just even the coolest thing. What do me. you think they're going to call
1: it? Because I'm not going to call it Breath of the Wild 2. They've, they haven't done that in forever. No. Yeah, you know? like they haven't done that since the first and second game.
0: And even the second game was just called Zelda 2 Link's Adventure. You know, not even the I mean. Zelda 2. Yeah, um. I don't know. I don't know what they would call it. I would think maybe they would because of the fact that they said that it is a sequel to Breath of the Wild makes me think that they will name it something that evokes the same name. Yeah, whether it's blah, blah, blah of the wild or blah, 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 breath, breath of the blah, 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 you know. Um, Something that uses a similar phrasing, you know. Breath um, of Calamity. Yeah, right. You Pretty know, cool. there's a lot of different ways that they could take it. They could do, like, you know, like, Link Between Worlds isn't actually, like, a direct sequel to A Link to the Past, but it takes place in the same world, you know, so they do something similar there. That's a similar type of phrasing, and I can see them doing something like that, you know. I've seen some, a couple of websites that you can actually pre-order the game already that do call it Breath of the Wild 2, and somebody made, like, a box art for that, That says Breath of the Wild 2, which is obviously not. Like, I I don't think it's going to be called Breath of the Wild 2. I don't really see them doing that at all. You know, that'd be very surprising to me. But they could do a lot of different things with it, you know, short of just calling it a totally different name. Because I think that they would want to. I mean, it's, I think the best selling Zelda game, you know, one of the best selling games on the Switch, you'd think that they would want to remind people that it is a sequel somehow, you know. Right. So Breath of the Wild 2, Ganondorf's revenge. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, we do know like it it has to be a direct sequel though, because like it is,
0: it absolutely is, yeah.
1: That's what I mean. You know, like they haven't done that since what Majora's Mask.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But well, even of Majora's
0: Mask well to Wind Waker, but it's on a different platform, so Yeah.
2: But well, but with that, both of those cases.
0: And with, so like Zelda 2 is a direct sequel to the first one. In case of Majora's Mask, Phantom Hourglass. Um, but in each of those cases, yeah, you are not exploring the same world.
1: Exactly. In Majora's
0: Mask, you're not exploring Hyrule anymore. You're in Termina. Phantom Hourglass, you are... I forget where. Somewhere else in, the, in that ocean. Doesn't matter. Um, Game it Zelda 2, you're exploring North Hyrule. Um, totally different area so which is part of me wonders are we going back to the same Hyrule that's different or are we somehow opening up a totally different world you know
1: are they going to go Wind Waker on us because like with with the, the castle rising up out of the ground you know
0: yeah flood the whole thing
1: well no not flood it but you know like
0: yeah no, I wouldn't doing just that,
1: like just make it like a completely different terrain and add space or something like that i don't know
0: yeah i mean part of me thinks uh-huh. that they wouldn't that they wouldn't do things too insanely different because you know you gotta think part of the reasoning why they're doing it this way is because they spend so much time building this new universe for Zelda that they want to get one more usage out of all that stuff. You know? Right. Uh, because they, they hadn't made a game of this scale, you know, ever. So all that time and and assets that you've made. And I mean, so which also cool. m- makes me hope, I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but makes me hope that maybe they can turn this game around a little faster than like three years from now, you know. Not saying we'll get it by the end of 2020, even, but maybe early 2021 we could see it. You know, because they're clearly reusing stuff that they built the first time, you know, which will save them a ton of development time. Kind of like what I said about what I was just, Final Fantasy earlier.
1: What I was just thinking is um, there there aren't really traditional dungeons in that game, right? So it's mm-hmm. the um, Divine Beasts, the only real traditional dungeon is the castle, right? So what if when, you know, the castle rises up, there's like a shift change and then all these dungeon secret dungeons or like even like bigger versions of the shrines are revealed. And those are like more like traditional dungeons that you have to complete. And like, this is where something's hidden, et cetera. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that'd be a cool way of doing it because I like traditional dungeons. I thought the divine beasts were way too easy to complete.
0: And I don't think anybody would complain if they like reduced the number of shrines, but like made them more dungeony, you know what I mean? And no. in the trailer, there's like a shot of presumably where they are that looks like it's like the mouth of a cave, but there's like some sort of ornate animal thing around it, you know, which kind of evokes the idea of like a more traditional Zelda dungeon, you know? So you doing something like that makes you think. Again, there's just throwing stuff out in the trailer that could mean anything. It could mean nothing right now. But, you know, that does make you think maybe they are going to do something with Dungeons, you know? I would think, like, that was sort of one of the major criticisms of Breath of the Wild was that, like you said, it was much easier than a lot of the other Zelda games. And it didn't have traditional dungeon structures, you know? except for a couple and I think that goes
1: hand in hand games. though
0: yeah
1: I think that goes hand in hand though the fact that there weren't traditional dungeons is the reason that it wasn't as difficult
0: like that could be part of it I mean because well every every Zelda game has like its own sort of approach to dungeon design you know even within the same game some games have very simple straightforward dungeons and some games have really more complex dungeons you know what I mean um, some games, you know, a lot of people dislike Skyward Sword for being incredibly easy because, you know, Fee explains everything to you. But that game also has some of the most involved dungeons of any of the games, you know? Um, right. You know, I would think that if if you're going to bother making a sequel to Breath of the Wild, that's probably the place you should go. You know, is figure out, figure out a way to give the player some of that openness, you know, with still making more traditional feeling dungeons. Yep. You could also, while we're just spitballing here, you could also take more of like a sort of Metroid approach where it's like, you can explore wherever you want to go, but there are certain places you're not going to be able to go to yet until you've done X, Y, and Z, you know, until you have that upgrade, you can't get in there yet. So the first Breath of the Wild wants to allow the player to go to whatever dungeon you want, whatever divine beast you want, whenever you want to, you know, but you could imagine them saying, well, let's still allow that to an extent, but there are still, you know, gates basically that you can't progress to a certain point until you've got this item, you know, or until you've done this thing. Yeah, I think that there's some, some things that they could figure out now that they know what that type of game feels like.
1: And, now, you said that there was one other thing that you wanted to touch
2: on, correct?
0: Yeah, I just wanted to bring up really quick, since we mentioned it earlier, that the uh, collection of mana is, in fact, actually available right now to buy in the US. You can get the digital version. There's a physical version coming in August, which I'm just going to wait for at this point, because I've already waited long enough to play so I condense it to three. Might as well just wait at this point. But um, so I don't know if you, if we really talked about that at all. If you know like the background of that. So like the Mana series is like in in the, the US.
1: Original, they were broadcast as the Final Fantasy games, right?
0: Uh, the original Mana game was Final Fantasy Adventure yeah, on yeah, the Game Boy, I mean. and then the Secret of Mana was a game on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, and, I have that on the. It's on Super the Super Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo Classic, yep. Yeah. But the third game in the series was never released in the US and has never been re-released, even though it's been re-released multiple times in Japan. And kind of the reason why was because they said, well, they never bothered to do an English translation. It's never been localized. So they would have to do that if if they were ever to bring it to the US. So kind of their way around doing that now, it seems, is they've done a 3D remake of the game. I like think they did this with uh, like a year ago with Secret of Mana, they did a 3D remake. So they did a 3D remake of, of the third one, which they are calling Trials of Mana. And that game has English voice acting and a whole English script, so it seems as if they're just taking that, sticking it on top of the original Super Nintendo Mana 3 and now are able to release that in English in the U.S which is pretty cool. Yes. So you can pick that up again right now if you want to, or wait until August when the physical version comes out, or sometime next year, the 3D version is going to be coming out. And actually, it looks really cool. They did a a Treehouse demo of the 3D one, and it looks like if you had just shown me that, and we're just like, here is the new mana game, not even saying that it was a, a remake of the third one, you know, I would have been like, Well, that looks really cool. You know, so I agree. So that's pretty cool. And also the Witcher 3 is coming to switch, which we mentioned, but I don't know how. I'll believe it when I see it.
2: No, no
1: thanks. You're I mean also- there was also some other Yeah, you're by Mario big-
0: at the at the Olympics again.
1: Yeah. Which I saw some so footage cool. of,
0: and actually looks really cool. There's skateboarding.
1: There's no, there's touring. skateboarding, surfing. There's mm. rock climbing, like kickboxing. I just thought it was really cool that they were, you know, introducing some new stuff because I really loved the the original on Wii. So I thought it was really cool that they were bringing it back and adding a lot of different, right. um, like variety of stuff. So um, some other big name games, Animal Crossing update it did get pushed back again. Lip. Yeah. Um so they they asked for a little bit more time for Animal Crossing fans. I'm not a huge Animal Crossing fan, but um
0: I've only played the first DS one.
1: I have the three DS one. I've never even opened it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I've almost bought it a couple times. Maybe I'll pick it up next week.
1: Yeah, I've uh I've never even opened it. And then there's one other game I was thinking of that was a big name. I don't think we
0: Spyro's coming to Switch um still yeah, to have well, that that's been talked about for a two while. games you know kuni again is coming to switch
1: yeah, there was one other game but i forget so
0: panzer dragoon is getting a remake remaster mm-hmm. i'm not sure if it's a remake or a remaster actually uh, resident evils five and six are coming to the switch mm-hmm. so central so was really cool all of those except for two and three are going to be playable on switch now it's pretty neat yeah Um, I think that's really it. No More Heroes three, if you played No More Heroes, that's pretty cool. Cadence of Hyrule looks cool.
1: Yeah, that looks cool.
0: And I
1: thought that was interesting.
0: New Contra game, which some people are into.
1: Yeah, that looks cool as well. Was that all in the Nintendo there?
0: Yeah. Also, Empire of Sin, Minecraft Dungeons, The Sinking City. These are more. These are all ports. Alien Isolation, New Super Lucky's Tale. Dead by Daylight and Dauntless. Yeah. Yeah, so no Metroid news, which should not really have been a surprise considering they had to reboot the entire game. Yeah. And Bayonetta was not shown off, but afterwards, someone at Platinum like made a statement saying that um, it is still in development and it's doing very well, and they just didn't have any significant updates to share, so that's why they didn't show it off, because they're not ready to show it off yet. Yes. Sure. I and mean, respect that and also like the the switch schedule in particular is incredibly packed right now so you know they have no
1: more please no there's more there's
0: a please. what was the release date for luigi did they give one they gave one didn't they they did not they just said it's yeah. 2019 still yeah you know, so you gotta so i guess maybe october or december because pokemon's coming out in november are they going to release yeah. luigi's mansion right after pokemon you know it's gonna get eaten alive. Um, <laughs> probably. And then, but they don't really have a big like Christmas game. But is Luigi is Luigi's Mansion big enough to be a big Christmas game? I don't know. Animal oh, Crossing probably. got delayed. I can't imagine yeah. they're gonna like surprises with something between now and then. You know, at this time last year they had announced Smash was coming by the end of the year. So. Yeah. You know, I'd be. I don't know. But, it would be totally like amazing um, if, if between now and December they were like, oh, by the way blah 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 game is coming out in December, you know.
2: Yeah, I don't think that's
0: going to happen. Yeah, so I look um, towards October or December for the Luigi's Mansion 3.
2: Yeah.
0: Cool.
1: So, final thoughts on Nintendo.
0: Um Nintendo it's wins. Worth... Yes. Win Nintendo. I,
1: I think for Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> that's I
0: true. Know. I think they won. Um I love my Switch. Um Still still rumors that there's going to be a, two new models coming, a Pro model and a mini model. They did not announce either of those, obviously, so we'll have to see what happens. The rumor, I had heard that The Witcher 3 was coming before they announced it, with the rumor being that they were going to announce a Switch Pro and say, hey, The Witcher 3 will run on this. That's why you should get it so i don't know if that's still going to come out when the witcher 3 comes out or not you know nintendo is kind of weird when it comes to those kinds of announcements you know like like when they did the last 2ds model they just announced that during the treehouse live after the um after their actual direct you know like you can imagine nintendo like a month from now being like oh yeah by the way we have our own event now because we're that good we're gonna have our own event to talk about two new switch models coming before the end of the year, Christmas time. Go get your new switches. You know. So
1: Yeah, I could I can see it. But yeah, I agree. Nintendo wins. Yep. Um overall thoughts on E3. It was really good. Um, this is kinda more towards the hurts. the pod. Huh?
0: So my wallet's gonna hurt for a little while.
1: Yeah, true.
0: Um they pre-ordered all pre-order I mean, the Amiibo they announced, so that's good.
1: Yeah, so E3 as a whole, really good. Um, I don't know which spell. Um, but I'm excited. There's a lot of games that, that look good. There's a lot of games that,
2: oh, God, really.
1: There's a lot of games that aren't so good. Um, but we'll see if anything changes by the time they release. Um, one thing I didn't mention, uh, now this is probably going to be like an exclusive for the podcast listeners because it's way back in the first section um, Microsoft Battle Toads. I thought mm. that was really cool. I thought that was a, a nice little because that was like a, a pretty big thing for right. a while. But
0: yeah, I don't know really so how much of that, cool that series to have been excited about that, but cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah,
0: so, I yeah, think there was a little something it. for everybody this year. You know, like there's some E3s yeah. where. You know with my sort of more niche maybe rpg leanings in games i'm not always satisfied you know um but yeah. this year was good for me i think it was good for people that like things that i don't like you know everybody got a little bit of something this year even without sony being there so you know there's a lot of talk it goes about sure
1: we don't need sony
0: yeah, well, not, not even that. You know, I think it just because people were like speculating. Oh, if Sony doesn't show up this year, you know, maybe that spells the beginning of the end for E3. And I don't know. I think maybe it's. I'm not sure what it's like on the ground floor because I'm obviously not there right now. But in terms of what we saw from home, I think they adapted pretty well. Everybody was able to, you know, show off their own stuff. And I don't think you know, it's the beginning. If it's, a, if it's a little, yeah, I mean, if it's a little smaller of a show. That's okay, you know. You don't I don't even like think that. it
1: has anything to do with that. I mean, I've already said some. I'm a very clear hater of Sony at this point. Um, I mean, I'm not like a hater hater, but I, I do like my old PS2 and stuff like that, and certain PlayStation exclusive games, but. I can undeniably say that I hate Sony's attitude. So, you know, maybe they were just, you know, like, well, everybody else is, you know, teaming up and working together. And I'm not coming, you know, like, cause right. they're just alone. Like they don't want to cooperate with anyone. So, you know, well, I, I think it was really actually a better. They,
0: had a, they announced some kind of like gentleman's agreement, basically with Microsoft about how they were going to jointly work on streaming together, you know, kind of as like a response to, to Google Stadia, which we didn't even talk about because that wasn't technically an E3 thing, but they did a press conference right before E3, you know? Yeah. Well Connect, that can be Stadia Connect. Yeah. But um
1: Wasn't it a... Oh it was Connect, yeah. Yeah
0: they call really it Stadia cool. Connect. Say not Nintendo Direct. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean I think I well, I think that things like I think it's good for in a sense the industry to be able to say hey, here's one time every year where we know people are going to be interested and we know people are going to be excited, so let's lean into that, you know? Because it's fun, even for for fans. It's fun to be excited about, you know, Final Fantasy VII for 10 minutes at a time, you know what I mean? Right. You know, so I think that kind of stuff is good and I think they still managed to do that even without, you know, one of the platform holders there. Um, so I think that yeah. just shows how in the future they'll be able to adapt to whatever the situation ends up being. You know? Yeah. 100%. Cool. All right, well, let's wrap this up. Um, yes. Just trying to get a computer update right now. Nope, save that for later.
1: Yeah, my uh, my device is dying. Okay, I have yeah. less than 10% at this
0: point. Okay, well, then we're in the danger zone, so let's finish up here. Um, I think we're going to do... Uh, I like the idea of us talking about Kingdom Hearts DLC speculation, so we'll do that in the future, probably. And then there's going to be more... Um, it seems like people have really attached on to my Jack unboxing, um, which is great because I've talked to you before. I've, I've so almost done so many unboxing videos like in the last year, you know, that like, I just was like, yeah, no one's going to care. So clearly, clearly people do care. So I will start doing more of those because I, I pick up a lot of stuff that I could do that with. So And actually with,
1: we're only about a week away at this point. Mm-hmm of going to too many games yep so you know i i'm honestly i think i'm just gonna do some vlogs you know like you and me we'll we'll walk around hopefully get some footage with some some developers i know i've plugged it before right but you know and i'm i don't know about you but i'm planning on entering the smash tournament so maybe you know while i'm playing you can get some footage of the screen or something well right. we'll see <laughs> well we'll talk about talk about all that but some, some exciting stuff to, to see in the future for everyone
0: so yeah maybe we'll do like um i know i'm gonna be buying a bunch of junk so i'll maybe do like a convention pickups video with, on sunday you know because that's going to be yeah. next friday the 21st to the 23rd in oaks pennsylvania greater philadelphia expo center i believe is the full name of the place it is greater um, philadelphia expo center. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit before i mean again if you're new here Um, it's a good time you can come check it out if you're in the area Uh, just really great gaming convention all kinds of panels tournaments games you can just pick up and play and then also a bunch of indie devs that are showing off their games that they're working on um, which is a really great way to just talk to some developers and you know hear about new and upcoming games Um, so that's where we're going to be and that might be the next week-ish of stuff here yeah right Cool. Okay. So that's going to be it. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Uh, like the video. If you like these videos, subscribe to the channel, of course. If you have not already subscribed, maybe you're popping in after having watched the Jack video and want to see what we're about. Um, yeah, stick around, please. Um, you can also check out our Twitch channel where we do sporadic streams. We are at g one uh, Follow us on Twitter, also at g one where we will announce things like streams so you know when we're actually streaming. And I think that's all the socials. Um, if you're on the podcast, because there was an audio version of this show as well, please leave us the full length on thing. ITunes. Yeah. We got a couple of really good ratings on iTunes. Um, I haven't checked it recently to see if we have any like worded reviews. So those are very appreciated. If you like feedback. Um, and, you know, if you want to see me open up a box of something, let me know. <laughs> and I'll. Uh, yeah. You're
1: picking up all kind of zany crap all the time so you know i really am We so. might do a little more of
0: this. <laughs> yeah i probably should talk about about that kind of stuff more because it is kind of you know not weekly but multiple times per month at this point where i'm grabbing things that i can show off so seems like people yeah. like that so we can talk about it <laughs> but all right that's it we'll see you all next time thanks for hanging out see you bye